Thank you for tuning in. We are Tristan and Michael, and you are listening to Fuse Transparent Conversations for Marriage, Family, and Relationships. We invite you to join us as we discuss perspectives that are thought about but not talked about. So tell your friends and family to check us out and join us on social media. Info at fusedmarriages.com. All right, sir. Yeah, how you feeling today? So far, so good. So good? What about you? No, no, I guess, you know, uh, summer's in full effect, so, you know. Full effect. Yeah, yeah, things starting to open back up, so, you know, got a chance to do a few yeah, things, travel a little that? bit. Huh? How do you feel about that? I feel good about it. Um, yeah. As long as, you know, we keep an eye on, guess, you know, health-wise, what's going on and, right. you know, trying to stay in tune anyway a little bit. Yeah, yeah. What do you think about that, that new Delta variant? Uh, Yeah, I mean, I think. The people that have, you know, got the vaccination could be, you know, probably a little bit safer, but uh, it's it's out there. Yeah. It's out there. There's always something out there. So we just yeah. have to be mindful and aware. So, but otherwise I'm feeling, I'm feeling good. I'm feeling. Yeah. Happy. It's my birthday month. What Yay. celebration time. Okay. It so. is it. You yeah. like to celebrate the whole month too. At least most of the, the last part of the week. Yeah. Of your birthday. So I've been happy. Yeah. So Yeah, it's been good. So anyway, we've got some things on the table to discuss. Today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, we're here just to help, right? We're trying to, you know, we don't have all the answers, every answer, but right. we're here just to, you know, try to help people first and hopefully it helps their family. It helps their relationships. Um we just here to help, but uh, the topic we have today is Family Feud. Mm, that's a good show. It is a good show, and we're not talking about Steve Harvey, but that is a great show. Yeah, great, great, great show. Yeah. So, I watch it. I laugh a lot about it. But okay, we try to guess. I don't know if anybody else out there does that. Oh, yeah. If you do, let us know that we're in the same boat oh, yeah, because sure. when we watch Family Feud, we try to get the answers like we're on the show. So anyway, so that's us. But as we were talking about Family Feud. There's a lot of things to discuss in this topic today. Yeah. So please make sure that you join the conversation. Email us info at fusedmarriages.com. Um, at Fused Marriages is our handle on social media. So check it out. But as we jump into um, the topic, Family Feud, we're discussing how um, these kinds of relationships can affect your marriage. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, your marriage relationships. I mean, I think family is such an integral part of just how we operate. I think in order to understand maybe what's going on in your relationship, your marriage, whatever, with your kids or with your spouse, you got to understand what your family dynamics are. Yeah. Talk about that. Yeah. We just, uh, you know, we noticed that, you know, over over the time that we've been together and other couples as well, it's like, I mean, a lot of t a lot of time things happen within the relationship, but it could have been caused from your relationship or their relationship with their family mm -hmm. and how they have related to them. And we're going to cover, you know, some of the a few high level topics that we're going to really like, dig into and try to see if we can kind of maybe, you know, unpack a little bit yeah. in order to help some people um, just from our insight, our knowledge. Maybe you guys have some insight on it as well, but uh, we're going to share we're going to share our thoughts. Yeah. So one of the things that we jump into when we um, are doing our premarital sessions with couples that are looking to get married is we talk about family dynamics. We talk about um, expectations. What is it that you saw in your family mm -hmm. for the good and the bad? Um, so we generally, we, I mean, you have your, all these kind of different areas, but generally we start with what did your parental structure 
look like. So you want to jump in there? Yeah, yeah. I think I think as you know, particularly for for kids and and dads and and mothers, it's like that dad. If you have, hopefully, you had a two parent household, but either way, it's like that parent was that first kind of authority figure, right? It's the person you kind of looked up to for answers and insight and what to do and not to do. And I think, you know, once we get to a certain age, we start looking like, hold on, my parents ain't, you know, they ain't perfect. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, they make mistakes and had things they should have said or didn't say or things they did or should have did or didn't do. And like we start questioning that as we get now, maybe, you know, preteen, teenage, maybe definitely as an adult, we're looking like, OK, mama was like a little off a little bit. I love her. But it it affects how you kind of deal with, you know, your future spouse or relationships in general it could be just friendships you're dealing with. Right. And maybe you kind of got a skewed view on it. Um, I think you're going to kind of dig through like a, a few of those. Right. I mean, let's say, like, for example, if a you know, your parent was abusive. Mm-hmm. Right. It could be verbally, could be emotionally. Um, it could be physically and like having to deal with that. Like, how does that play out when you start dealing with other people? And you start dealing with, you know, your friends at first, right? Because somebody starts dating, hopefully at 10, you know. Right. I did have a, you know, a kissing girlfriend in the third grade. We did that. Y'all didn't do that on the playground where, you know what, you got like a kissing game. And, you know, see how long um, you can kiss. That was okay. just a song to some of us. No, that, that was real life. For you. Yeah. Not no, no, it's other people out there too. Little girl and boy were kissing. I want the, the only one. Y'all, y'all don't leave me out there like that. I wasn't the only one. I was not. I was playing soccer like normal kids. Okay. But I want to jump in on what you're saying right there. I feel like jump is my word. Mm -hmm. I think I've said it three or four times today. But jumping in to what you were saying right there, because um, when we talk about your parent relationships, it's so baseline of who mm-hmm. we are, whether you do come from a two parent household or you come from a single parent household or you were yeah. in foster care or you were adopted at a young age or you were adopted at an older age. Like all of these play um, a very significant role in how you see family and what you either do or don't want. Um, and generally, I would like to think, though, I know it's not always true. Mm-hmm. Our parents try to give us like some some form of um, kind of life stability, kind of Mm -hmm. like, okay, we're going to try to do best by you. There are some people that have been widowed. There are some people that got divorced and got remarried, um, and they're trying to create that. There are some people that got divorced and never got married again. So when we're talking about um, your parental structure, there's a lot to how that creates how you see you, how I see me, what I expect it to look like when I get married, how uh, if my dad did this and I didn't like it, I'm looking at my husband like, don't do that. Or if my mom did this and I loved it, then I'm expecting my spouse to say like, okay, this is what they're going to do too. So it creates a level of expectation um, and it can create a level of disappointment because if they don't do that thing, it's, we can sometimes look at them like, how do you not know to do this? My dad always took out the trash every Monday. Why are you not doing that? My dad turned off all the lights in the house at night and locked the doors and you just fell asleep on the couch. What's wrong with you? Or mm-hmm. my mom, she made three square meals a day and, you know, made my plate and put it in front of me and my dad. And that's what we did or whatever, whatever the dynamics are. So we kind of come into our marriages with a kind of a sense of judgment of this is how you are supposed to be. Because this is this is how I look at it. So when you're talking about a couple of these things we're going to get into, the first one you hit on 
was abuse. Mm -hmm. And I think um, abuse is like a very hard term um, because people look at abuse as only one thing. They look at abuse as, did I see somebody get hit in my house? Did I see somebody get choked in my house? Was somebody throwing plates in my house? And that, of course, is abuse. But we don't look at um, emotional dependency as a type of abuse, as somebody that really that's the only that that's their their out um like kind of their outlet or we don't see financial abuse was there one person that held on to the wallet so tightly that there was like permission needed to spend two or three dollars we don't look at that as a type of abuse um and it is um even spiritual abuse somebody that lords over the household and you know and this can be either (laughs) really either gender, um, somebody that lords over the household and kind of intimidates the other spouse by using whatever faith, biblical doctrine or um, morality doctrine to say, this is how you should be. And if you're not this way, then you're not in line um, with how, you know, the code. Um, So all of those kinds of things influence how we look at life. Um, and, and even from that, even traits that are handed down from, um, maybe visit feminism to, um, misogyny, um, or sexism, or, you know, how we have conversations about gender roles, all of that, um, is really handed down. So when we look at how our marriages are functioning, we definitely have to look at how our parents function. And some of us are like, oh, no, that's not my marriage. That's my parents' marriage. That's true. But it affects you. So you have to be willing to say, you know what? My father wasn't in the house. I know I'm not going to be like my dad. And even in that, to say, okay, what about me? What about me? Looking at these things that are you and to say, I'm intentionally making this decision because some of that is like kind of covert, you know, mm-hmm, some mm-hmm. of the things I do is just because I saw my mom do them. I don't even think about them. So some of the things that you may do husband or wife or husband or wife to be might be just in you, something that you just never thought of. You get up and you make your bed just because that's what you've always done. So um, as we kind of go through this parent structure, realizing how important that influence is. No, no, absolutely. And I want to touch on at least a one. I don't know if I'm call it abuse, but it's like maybe like a parenting mistake is when a parent, you kind of mentioned a little bit like lordship, right? Mm-hmm. When I think when a parent is making all the decisions for the mm-hmm. kid, right? Mm-hmm. And I think on the surface, that looks good. Mm-hmm. You see that parent like, you know what? I'm guiding my kid down this pathway, whether it's spiritually, whether it's educationally, whether it's whatever, Right. And like, but the kid doesn't never doesn't learn how to like make their own choices. Learn how to process. Learn how to say, okay, you know what? They never get weaned off of because decisions were made for them. Mm-hmm. And then when they become an a, an adult, they start leaning on their spouse to make all the decisions. Wow. You know what I mean? So it's like it, it just carries over, and like, it's, and it's real subtle, right? You know what? Hey, you know, hey, uh, husband, what do you think about this? He's like, well, you know, what do you think? But in the reality, he's like maybe leaning toward the aspect of, hey, I've been given these answers from somebody else. You need to give them to me, too. Wow. So, I, wish I never thought about that that way. Yeah, that's that's a big one, because then it can look like apathy. And we yeah. talked about that in a previous show. And it right. It might just be a habit that was created right. for them because they never learned how important it was to, to make these decisions and to be a part of that process. Yeah, that's, that's a big one. Another one um, that we kind of touched on or haven't touched on yet is skepticism. Talk through that. Yeah, no, I think I mean, uh, the, whenever you talk about parent and, you know, family feud and really issues with that, it's like 
if I had issues with my parents, right, and and let's say, you know what, I was supposed to be at practice and, they, and I was at practice and they, and they didn't pick me up, right? At, I was supposed to be picked up at six, they picked me up at seven. Or, you know, I get a ride from a friend. And that happens over time, over time, over time again. You get, like, the trust factor and you get skeptical, like, hold on, if mama and daddy ain't going to pick me up, I got to depend on somebody else. They're supposed to be the closest ones that love me. Mm. I'm going to be skeptical of, of somebody else that get, I get close to that I love, right? And causes some issues internally thinking, like, uh, I don't know if, if, if they can really be trusted. Because yeah. I couldn't necessarily trust, you know, my parents on the basic things. Right. So we call it basic getting picked up from school, getting picked up from practice, getting, you know, whatever have you. You know what I mean? Uh, mom is working late and you at home by yourself. A lot of different scenarios. Right. Where, you know, you have to raise you have to you know, raise your siblings. You know, you're the oldest. You know what? You have to raise your siblings. Well, you have to fend for yourself. You have to make your own lunch. Whatever stuff, you know, happens. You think, you know, a parent should be because you hear, you know, other kids talk about, you know, hey, yo, your mom going to be here. Hey, you're going to be here at six. And you see the other kids get picked up. You like, where my mom at? Where my daddy at? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think you get skeptical. And relationships too, because you had to be as a kid like, okay, I don't know if they gonna, I think they gonna, I believe it, but the fact you gotta have that in your mind as a kid, that's yeah. gonna carry over as an adult. Yeah, I think that's a big one because you kind of mentioned being picked up from school, which is important, you know, but yeah. that, but that like almost like kind of the acorn to the oak tree because that's mm -hmm. one small thing, but then you start wondering in other areas, kind yeah. of like you're think like you're talking about. So, man, the picking up from school, but then you you think about that and you start thinking about, um, are they a person of their word? Are they gonna hey? Are you know? Then somebody says, hey, can I hold five dollars? Are they gonna give that five dollars back? So it's almost like you know. Um, this kind of ever evolving thought that attributes to so many other areas. Cause then I don't know if I can trust my parents. I don't know if I can trust a friend. So I certainly don't know if I can trust a spouse. Mm -hmm. I don't know if they're going to do what they say they can do. So this kind of skepticism and trust goes hand in hand. And I think that it, it's um, kind of that double edged sword because then when we view um, television and we see families operate in a certain way, and then we'd see our family not operate in a certain way. Yeah. We think, okay, that's the right model. This is the wrong model. And I specifically want to talk about as it relates to broken homes. So I have a heart for blended families, for um, single parent homes, for broken homes. Um, and not to say that there can't be mending, that there can't be healing, because I absolutely believe in that. But I also recognize that when homes are broken, there is a trust level that trickles from every person, yeah. whether it's the, the kid that you think, okay, they're young enough, they're not affected, they're affected in some way. So we got to do something for our children mm -hmm. um, from the spouse that leaves and gets remarried to the spouse that leaves and doesn't get married or to either one. Then there's there's broken, those broken relationships really do affect who we are. They yeah. really do affect how we operate and how we go into the next steps and phases of our life. So we, we really have to address them as we talk about skepticism, as we talk about um, abuse, as we talk about trust, whether it's there or it's not there. And, and yeah. we really view yeah. that in the light of the foundational piece, which is our parents. So today we are talking about family feud, how that affects our relationships, how possibly family dysfunction um, finds its way into our marriages and what we can do about them. So we are going to take a quick, quick break and then we're going to be right back to continue this conversation. 
Hey, y'all, we just wanted to take a quick break and thank you for listening. We appreciate your support. Um, So if you haven't yet, make sure that you subscribe, follow us on all social media. And oh, we have this thing that we want you to check out fusedradio.com. There are other broadcasters that you will hear from. You're really going to love it. Um, So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You all are so wonderful. um, And we look forward to connecting with you more in the future. Welcome back. Welcome back. Okay, jumping into the remainder of this conversation as we talk about family feud, we're going to continue talking a little bit more about the effect of a parent on who you are and how you identify yourself in the context of marriage. So I know you had something yeah. else you wanted to add to that. Yeah, just to add one little brief comment or a point, we can kind of have a you know discussion about it potentially. It's like, I think it's important for parents just to follow through on their word, mm-hmm. right? If you tell a kid you're going to do something, do that. If you tell a kid you're going to be there and do that. Why is that important? I feel it's important because... At ultimately, you know what you want to, your kid to understand that words matter. Yeah. And a matter of fact, not just words matter, your word matters. Yeah. So you get in a relationship and you say something and you carry it over from your, your parents. And they, you know what? They were kind of like, uh, sometimes it did, sometimes it didn't. And when you get in a relationship, it's going to be the same way. Hmm. When you say something, sometimes it does matter, sometimes it doesn't. Even though, like you said, maybe a parent had good intentions on, hey, you know what? I'm going to take you to this ball game. Okay, maybe one time something happened. You know what? Got work, got busy, this, that, and the other. But you do that over time, over time, over again. Then I was like, you know what? I can say something really worse. Don't really, my, it doesn't really carry a lot of weight. Hmm. And like, how does that affect relationship? That's, that's to me, that's super important. Yeah. If I'm you if I say something, I'm gonna do it. You already know, like, man, I'm, I'm, it's, it's done. Mm-hmm. And like, I think that starts as a kid learning that and kind of hearing that. Yeah, that's important for us as parents to do for our kids but also for us to recognize in our own habits, do I do that? Am I a person of my word? Is that something that was taught to me? Is that something that I observed? Um, A lot of our conversations are really just reflection, you know, for us to say, hey, this is what we're seeing. This is what we're thinking about. This is what we're talking about. Is this something that you're experiencing in your life? And to give you an opportunity to connect with us, to talk with us, um, because we're really just one global community just trying to figure out, how do we have better marriages? How do we have better foundations for ourselves, for our families, for our future um, and sharing those ideas? So make sure that you connect with us on social media once more. It's um, info at fusedmarriages.com if you want to email us or, of course, as Fused Marriages is our handle on social media. So something else yes, I wanted to um, talk about or continue is um, what you called parentification. Yeah. Okay. So, no, that's a real term. You can Google that. You uh-huh. know what I mean? And like what, you know, what that is. But it's it's when a kid is placed in a parental role. Mm-hmm. Right. And there's various roles that can be placed in, whether it could be financial. Like, hey, you know what? You got to go to work at 12 or 13 or 14 because, we know, we need family bills. You know, this, that and the other. It's when the emotional support. Right. So let's say, you know what? Mom is going through something or typically or dad's going through something. And like you got to be there mostly for them. You know what? Dad's, you know, maybe parent passed or whatever. And like you got to be that rock for him to make sure he get through it. You know what I mean? But you're you're a kid. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it also could be like, you know what? I'm your you know, the parent doesn't really have a lot of relationships and then you become their friend. Mm-hmm. So we see that often, too. Right. Where you have, you know, maybe a, a preteen or even younger than that. And like, man, they like they best buddies. You know what I mean? The girlfriend and and the daughter is like you can't. It's like this, like one and one, or the dad and the son is like whatever it is. It's like no, that's how we roll. Mm-hmm. And like, and a kid gets placed in that parentification role, 
And like, and how how does that mm-hmm. affect the relationship, right? Yeah, especially, and and this is a Tristan perspective, especially if that happens at a young age. Mm-hmm. So I think some of these things, as as you get older, can be acceptable. If you're, you know, hey, my mom needs help. Well, I'm, you know, I'm 20, 30, 40 years old, of course. Right. Um, but hey, if my mom needs help and I'm 13, 14, 15, I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out what can I do to assist the household mm-hmm. or what emotional stability can I do for, you know, my mom or my dad because they, you know, somebody, um, there is a divorce. So now I'm the closest thing. I'm the, you know, I'm right. that person that's right. having these kinds of conversations. So that's important for us to recognize as adults. Um how much weight are we putting on our young children? But it's also something to recognize is, did we wear that? And then how does that make us show up in our marriages? Um, Because we were always the adult. Does that mean that we're, hey, this is how I'm used to talking to somebody. I've been an adult for this amount of time, or I don't need you. I've been grown since I was 13 or whatever. I've had to do all of this on my own. I can stomach it. I can make it. So you just hear. Um, I actually recently had a conversation with um, somebody that's quite a bit older. And they said one of the problems that they had in their marriage was that they didn't really need their spouse. Mm, um, they were like, for, I mean, I love you. I like you, but I don't need you. Like, I can figure it out. I've got family. Whoa. I've got brothers. I can figure it out on my own. So you being here is just nice. It's not It's not a necessity. Um, so obviously the marriage ended up not making it because you can't have a marriage where the other spouse just feels like a commodity. Like, mm-hmm. hey, you're here because I want you here. But when I'm done with you, you can go because, you know, you're just really good on my eyes. Everything else I can get from somewhere else. So I think that that's a big thing as we're talking about what parentification is and making sure yeah. that um, we check ourselves. We see how was it that I was raised? What did did my dad require anything of me? Did my mom require of me? And again, just because it's on my mind, I guess that happens a lot in single parent households where, not, hey, you have to grow up a lot faster because there's nobody there when you come home. When your dad or your mom comes home, you got to eat in between that time. You got to figure it out. You got to fend for yourself or, hey, you know, on the weekend, you know, we're hanging out. Right. We're, we're, we're friends. We're, we're both doing this together. So anyway, so moving on from that parentification, I want to talk about problems with your siblings and how that affects um, your relationship to your spouse. So here we go. There was a study of 190 families done by Penn State University that said um, siblings or kids that had siblings of the opposite sex found themselves more able to attract and interact with the opposite sex. It also said that um, because of these opposite sex relationships and siblings, it provided them the natural opportunities to practice things like conflict resolution and emotional control, which are obviously really critical as you as you progress, as you matriculate in age. So how does that affect us? Both of us have siblings of the opposite sex. And I'm thinking through, hmm, did it help me with conflict resolution? Does it help me with, you know, emotional stability? What are your thoughts? No, I just as you was reading that that piece of that article, I was thinking like, yeah, I'm like, hold on. I guess that would be kind of the first practice place, right? Mm -hmm. Of like, Okay, I have a younger sister. We're fairly close in age, but like enough to say, okay, how did I resolve the conflict? I was a big brother, so maybe that wouldn't work out well for me. Like, hey, you know what? You gonna do what this I say what when I do it, and when I say do it, mm-hmm. you know. And you better not tell mom and daddy, right? You know what I mean? So, but like, I think as we got a little older, you know what I mean? It's like it did help in way. Okay, you know what? This is who she is, who I am, and I can see, you know what? How it helped and how it didn't help. 
I mean, how it helped as far as like I didn't think about it being my first really relationship with a with a young with a woman that's not my mother to say how do I handle conflict. Mm-hmm. I just well, you know, I was probably like I was a big brother role. Yeah. So it didn't really help in that way. But now I go back and think about it as I'm moving forward in my you know, I guess preteen to teen adult age, it did kind of like navigate me a little bit to say okay. You know what? I got to be able to talk some things out a little bit because she talked a little bit more than I did. She had a little bit more emotional feelings than I did, so I had to like really relate to that a little bit, a little bit better, mm-hmm. and I had to recognize that. So I think that's 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 pretty true. If you got a someone that's you're married to the opposite sex and you they have a similar opposite sex, rather, I think that you can you know maybe gauge from that and see how they handle that. Yeah, I'm trying to think. So I had my younger brother who's just really caring, really loving. Mm-hmm. He's still a dude, but he still has some moments that I'm like this. You know, but I was the eldest sister in the house. And then I have um, like who I call my brother and I but I grew up with him and he was like he would pick on me and he was really, really mean. Mm -hmm. Like we didn't we clashed, which is kind of funny now. But um, I I don't know because I kind of had that eldest sister in the house role. But I do have very distinct memories of how to interact with um varying personalities Mm -hmm. so i think that that changes as you have even more siblings so yes obviously opposite sex siblings but also if there are more people that you have to interact i have a girlfriend and she has um several kids you know so they get to figure out which one are you talking about yeah i have several girlfriends that have several kids but a lot of kids they got two kids with several yeah you got like five or six kids that's not several Okay, touche. Like have have many kids, um, but lot. when you have that many kids, I, I think got four of those, so I can't be talking. Like yeah, you sure can. Yeah, you sure can. We we sure can. Okay, <laughs> so but dealing with how kid how people operate in different ages, how you operate um, with different emotions, and how yeah. and how all of these things, how can I have these different dynamics? So I think that that's something interesting that we can get into when you have siblings, um, yeah. and I think it helps you negotiate your relationships as you get older and your marriage so i want to pause there okay so as we kind of conclude and transition from that conversation about siblings really just just managing okay like and again you know we have the assenting and dissenting sibling relationships where you can be really close for a season and then something changes somebody's in college while somebody else is in high school somebody is in high school while somebody else is in middle school or you have these gaps in age um or even if you're close in age you could be twins and still have different experiences but thinking and considering about how does that affect how I relate to my spouse Um, and looking at those either same sex or opposite sex um, sibling relationships and seeing what did you learn from them? What did you take to them and how do you apply it to your spouse? So as we transition from that kind of thought process, I'd want to talk about the other quote unquote family, which can be an entire show all on its on its own. But as we talk about, family feud this idea of other family and how they affect yeah. our our marital relationship so why don't you talk a little bit about that yeah i mean uh we all, we come from all different you know uh backgrounds and family types and family structures but i think our ability outside of our house i'm calling we're seeing other family just people that are outside of your house that are maybe blood related maybe first second third cousin aunts uncles great aunts whatever mm-hmm. right they're outside of your household is that you know what you got to be able to how do you how do you handle them when you have conflict mm-hmm. right because i think it's important to understand that you know what even though they they are family they are blood they are whatever we're related mm-hmm. 
that, you're not going to agree with all of them. You're going to have conflict with some of them. Some of them going to be the crazy uncle. Some of them going to be the cousin that, you know what, God, oh, they just wilding out. But either way, like, how do you handle all that? Yeah. And, like, the ability to handle that will then, I think, help you understand how you're going to handle your new spouse, your new spouse's family, and anybody else that either comes to that to that fold, mm-hmm. right? Because how you were taught how to handle that your the family that the other family that wasn't in your house is gonna be how you gonna mirror that in your new in your new family. Yeah, and I definitely think you really you really have to be aware because some of us, all of us, we kind of grow up and that's just the way it is. Like that's how aunt such and such is. That's how yeah. cousin such and such is. But your spouse might not see it like that. They might look at that and be like, "Oh no, we not putting our kids around this, or right. we not dealing with this, or they can't come to my house acting this kind of way." So I think recognizing. Number one, that it might not be normal for everybody. It's right. normal to you, right. but it might not be normal to your spouse. So having conversations about, yeah, so, yeah, my uncle, he does this. And, and really being honest. My, yeah, my uncle, he drinks a lot. Okay, mm-hmm. this is this is how he gets when he drinks a lot. So when they come to our house, we're going to have to have some different dynamics. Got or soda water. That's soda water. Soda water, yeah. that's it. No, 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 none of that, none of that other stuff. Hey, listen. Or, you know, yeah, my cousin... You know, she cuss a lot. So when she comes and we got the kids out, we're going to have to tell her, hey, yo, you're going to have to tone it down or, hey, we don't have a problem with that. So whatever your whatever it is that you do, you want to make sure or that your family does. You want to, first of all, let your spouse know in an honest way and don't be dismissive when they say big ding, ding, ding. Please don't be dismissive when they say that this is normal or this is just how it is or you just have to deal with it. That's just how they are. Because your first priority, our first priority is to our spouse. So if there's something that my cousin does that makes my husband feel uncomfortable, mm-hmm. I can't be like, well, they come in and they're going to do what they do. You know, that That's can't true. be That's that true. can't be OK. It has to be like, OK, that makes my spouse feel uncomfortable. How do I need to have a conversation with this person or what? How do I need to mitigate? OK, maybe mm-hmm. we don't have the party at the house. Maybe we have the party at a park or maybe we do something. And, I, and I'm saying we negotiate this as we move along. So this doesn't all happen in one, at one time. It can't be like I can't stand your whole family. That's not going to work either. Mm-hmm. So it needs to be really being honest about what it is, what these interactions are, how we're going to handle it, how we're going to respond as a team, as a team. So we can't yeah. be against each other. Because then what happens is we have a schism with us and the family still be in the family. So you have expectations of how they're supposed to be in your space based on what you think. And now I'm upset with you because you're not, you know, sticking up for mm-hmm. what we said it was going to be all at one time. We can't address everybody at once. You know, we can't do that. So we have to be patient and have grace and say, okay. This is how this is. We're going to have this wedding and your family likes rock and roll and my family likes R&B. We're going to figure this thing out. Okay. But first priority right here. Okay. So the last one I want you to just touch on before we close is how do you resolve it internally and externally? Yeah. I mean, just to touch on a little bit and we can kind of touch bases on, on what you're saying is like, I think we have to understand that, you know what, our, our ability to be tolerant I think we got to look at it, right? If you're used to dealing with a lot of different dynamics in family, then dealing with somebody else's family is not quite as bad, right? Would you agree with that? Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. I think like to be able to like 
internally be able to digest the different dynamics is really what we have to kind of kind of look at on that so hmm. very interesting yeah. well thank you thank you all for listening and tuning in with us please make sure you check us out on social media or email us info at fusedmarriages.com let's talk about it you're listening to Fused with Tristan and Michael <laughs>